Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host, Antonio Hicks, aka Escaping the Matrix. In this episode, I welcome my special guest and cousin, a manga artist and writer, Mr. Chris Burns. Chris <laughs> has been drawing since the age of 16, which led him to attaining a BS in digital design. He is a successful freelance designer in creating company logos, animation trailers, photography, and what I'm most proud of him for is he's a published manga artist of Chakra power of God. And I might have butchered the first part of the name, <laughs> but I think it's called Chakra. Chika, Chika, Chikara, Chikara. I'm sorry. I wanted to bring him on to talk about a field that's not new, but we need more diversity in, and that's animation design and comic book artists. So if you don't know, I'm a huge anime nerd and manga reader. Haven't read any manga lately because of my time. And the last one I did finish was Tower of God, which if you have not read, please go check it out. It was awesome. It's, it's freaking awesome manga. So I welcome Chris on the show to talk about what got him into art and anime, and hopefully towards the end, it will inspire some of you all to pick it up as well. So welcome, Chris. Welcome, homie. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you for being on. No problem. I appreciate you inviting me. <laughs> it's always fun to like talk to different creatives and see kind of like, how we differ, but then how we also just have a lot in common. Right. And that's the, like I said, the biggest thing I wanted to bring you on for was the artwork that you do. And um, of course you're a published artist and a lot of people, like we were talking earlier before the show itself, a lot of people used to look at animation and people reading comic books as nerds. But now, you know, it's the hottest thing on the market right now because a lot of the rap artists and people in the hip hop industry and pop culture are now having animation style videos they're talking about they're featuring some of the favorite animes in their songs so now it's become real popular mm -hmm. so you know starting off let's tell us a little bit about yourself i mean i gave you the introduction but just tell us a little bit more about yourself <laughs> oh hi guys my name is chris burns i am the artist and creator of chikawa power of god and i'm also a just freelance graphic designer for multiple different companies and creatives um so yeah i started doing art um Tony said uh, 16, that was when I officially started getting into the creative, um, I guess, industry for doing logos. I uh, worked on um, a book called How To Comics and Manga by Randy Bosner. At 16, I was the artist for his book and that was like my first official publication um, where you can find that in libraries and I, and I think school systems or it's rotating somewhere. Um, but I got into anime and manga at a very young age. I got into anime probably when I was about five or six because back then, Dragon Ball Z, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Naruto, that was all, you know, popular and flooding the uh, like Cartoon Network, you know, all that, all those old channels, Toonami. Um, that was that was the thing. If you knew what it was late at mm -hmm. night coming on after Adult Swim, if you if you knew what it was, you were staying up yes. past your bedtime watching it. And uh, that really got me in into, I guess, that field of uh, cartoons and stuff, because back then I just when I was little, I thought it was just American stuff. Like I had no idea it came from Japan until I got a little older. And then I was just like, oh, wow, like that's pretty cool. I got into manga probably when I was about 14. That's when I really started reading. I started, re I read Naruto from scratch, read it all the way to the end. And I was just like this, because originally I wanted to be a comic book artist for Archie and do Sonic the Hedgehog. I wanted to be a Sonic comic artist. Mm -hmm. And um, that switched when I was at 14, because I was like, I feel like I could do manga. And I feel like I could do it well, since I know the fundamentals of comics. And now I just have to switch to how the Japanese view fundamentals of comics. And that's technically where it all began. Yeah, so that's that gonna be sounds, one of my questions. Like, why, I'm sorry, go ahead, Tamika. Right. That sounds awesome. My question to you before we go into your question, um, Antonio, and really talk more about your creative side. 
I would like to know what's some of the barriers that you find as you are in this space. It is so unheard of to many African-Americans and especially you being an African-American male. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when you start talking about, hey, I want to be a creative, I'm going to do logos and I'm going to be a cartoon artist or I'm going to get into this anime. What are some of the barriers that you find that's been kind of hard for other people to see it as a real career, job, or business? Um, some of the biggest, just overall, I guess, barriers that I've had to go through personally um, had just come from not necessarily, I guess, me and like, you know, working and like how I do stuff because like, I love figuring stuff out. Like that's the main thing has been, I guess, just over the past, I want to say, Mm, uh, nine nine to ten years have just been a societal thing because like they it, like it's always been pushed like even just you know by my you know dad like you know you got you got to play sports you got you got to play sports you know you get you playing football you get you playing basketball you know something involving with sports and you know my whole life that was like what I thought I had to do like I love golf me and my dad love golf so he's just like you know we'll get you playing golf you know it'll be the next Tiger Woods <laughs> the next Tiger Woods and like and and that was cool but then like I did I wanted to be like because I do art and music as well so it's like I wanted to I was more uh what's the word more in tune with that creative side just because I mean Tony knows from family history just how music is just so entwined in the hick side of the family so it's just like I've always been more in tune with just creativity rather than physical stuff and and the fact that I'm only like five foot seven and 120 pounds I don't think I should be playing football <laughs> no no you will get hurt and even basketball like I never just and that always was something that like it just irritated me how like wherever I went like people would ask like you know like oh you know like you must play basketball you skinny like and I'm just like no like it's like can I not be anything else <laughs> like right right ball player or sports player is like no like so that was also like my main it was a barrier in a sense mentally because yeah I could have like succumbed to that and been like you know maybe I should just play basketball you know get a scholarship or whatever but then I was also it, it pushed me because it was like you know like I don't want to be, I don't want people to see me as like that stereotype anymore. So it always pushed me to like do other stuff and to get more like out there. And like, so that way people could see that, you know, there's other stuff for people to do, especially minorities and as a black male that you can do other than sports or, you know, you know, any of the stereotypical things you can do literally whatever you want. Especially if you have talent. Yes. Especially if you have talent. Because we get the, like we were talking about being picked on because you like anime and art and design. I'm like, you to succumb to that and give in to the pressure of, oh, I need to go be an engineer or it just go get a job. Because Alex and I talked about this other night, get a job just to go work and to pay bills. And I'm like, but just not, you're not fulfilling a promise in the gift that was given to you. Mm hmm because you're giving into stereotypes and you're giving into the peer pressure of not only your community, but your parents. Mm -hmm. And I'm all for individualism. Do what you want to do. And that's what we're supposed to do as parents. And we're supposed to push people forward to be themselves and, and work towards the dream that you have. And then you get paid off of what you're aspiring to do. As it's opposed always no, as, a, as opposed to the traditional thing of what Tamika and I was taught, go to school, get a good job and go to work, but never mm -hmm. clearly defining what does that mean? 
Like, like what, what, what does that mean? Oh, you just want me to go get an education in a field that pays a lot of money, but what if I don't like doing it? I mean, what if I'm just not happy doing it at all? I'm just going to exist and live off of somebody else's dream of what they think I should be doing as opposed to what I want to do. Okay. But it's the fear of the unknown, right? Right. So when you don't know anyone else that's doing it, you haven't seen anybody else that's been able to achieve or accomplish it, then sometimes it just sounds like, what is this kid? Remember, you're young, you're 16, 17. What do you even know about life? What do you even know about this new um, phenom that you're trying to invite everyone else into this world that you've kind of been in and you've been exploring? Because when you start talking about age and you're like, I've been looking at this from for 10 to 14 years. You're like, okay, you're 22. So you've really been doing this since you was 10 years old. Kind of like me in the beauty industry, right? I always say, do you want my real credentials or do you want my bootleg license? Because <laughs> I've been doing hair on my dolls since I was six, seven, and eight years old, right? Mm -hmm. So once I learned the skill, now if you look at me, it's like you're 44. You've been doing hair how long? 24, probably 30 years, right? right. 35. So when you, and, and that was something I went to college. I even went to beauty school and I didn't tell anyone that I was going because I didn't want anyone to talk me out of it because I already had a degree. So how is this little girl from Mall Macon, Georgia is going to have a college degree in communication and now you're going to do someone's hair? It was just like the same thing. That's why I asked you that question because I understand what that pressure and those barriers are like. So kudos to you for believing in yourself first and pushing through um, the unknown to explore and to find a way to um, definitely make a career path and to inspire other young minorities to um, achieve. So that's what I have to say about that. Ah. <laughs> so why anime? <laughs> why, why, why anime? <laughs> why, why Japanese animation? Right. Um, so I did. Act, this actually is a, is a cool segue because I did originally go into college to do animation. Like that was my original degree path was to go in and do animation, mm -hmm. um, probably work for, you know, Disney, Pixar, you know, wh whoever would pick me up. That was like the, the dream. Um, but I've always had a passion for 2D just because growing up early 2000s, you know, Disney was still, you know, doing a lot of 2D animation movies. So mm -hmm. CGI really wasn't a big part of like. I guess my childhood. So like when they were, when I got to college and they were like, yeah, we're not focusing on 2d anymore, focusing on 3d and CGI. Cause that's, what's big now. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow. Like, but you don't have to pigeonhole yourself with just CGI. I understand it looks amazing. It does. But Japan literally does only 2d animation and they're just as successful. Um, obviously there's still a lot of work involved and stuff, but I guess that's a segue into why I chose, you know, um, anime or you know animation from japan but it also stems back to my childhood as well because living with my dad i lived in a um it's like a it was like a melting pot of asian cultures i grew up with uh thai kids cambodian kids vietnamese chinese a few japanese all in that one neighborhood so even as a young from a young age it was kind of like i was around that culture like a mm. lot um subconsciously like you know as a kid you just see it as, as another kid is just that's another kid you don't think that oh that's like you know a Vietnamese kid or that's a blah, blah. Cause you know, we're all just kids. We're all hanging out, mm -hmm. but going to their houses, you know, being at the Asian festivals, like, you know, the um, new year festivals, all that stuff. was just like instilled in me subconsciously. And I saw when I got older, I was just like, that is probably why I feel more comfortable, you know, in this industry 
and not feeling like I'm an outsider coming in. It's like I already was kind of like here and I'm just learning more about it. And we can look at that too, the cultural diversity behind it. Because mm-hmm. you're talking about growing up as a, a black kid growing up. Yeah, yeah. Say you watch some anime. People are like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, then they're going to they gonna dog you out and pick on you because mm-hmm. you watch something they're not used to or they've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Which is why I say now that they've been exposed to, which is interesting because you see once you expose somebody to something and they see how great it is, now they want to pick it up and go back and look at stuff that you've already looked at, but not thinking about the damage they've caused to somebody else when they was bullying them, trying to prevent you from working in your purpose. Exactly. I can remember multiple experiences just in elementary school, not so much middle and high school, high school a little bit. But once you get to high school, it's kind of just like, well, if you don't like it and, you you know, I don't have to talk to you, you know, you're already kind of developing your own, your barrier. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to talk to you if you're going to be like that. But in elementary school, definitely like that was like it was like me and these like a little group of kids it was like me, another kid named Chris. Um, mm-hmm. like a few other people we were the ones where it's just like they were the nerds like no one no girls wanted to like talk to us like we were the skinny kids not playing sports with the other kids playing sports like we were watching talking about sonic and talking about naruto <laughs> like that was the thing i'm surprised you don't even say digimon you didn't like digimon we, i didn't grow we didn't we didn't grow with digimon because pokemon when we when we hit elementary school pokemon fire red came out for the game boy advance so that was like our generation, like Digimon wasn't even like a thing for us. It was on uh, Adult Swim? I did oh, not. the new the Digimon. <laughs> if, when you stayed up late at night on Saturday nights, they had the newer version of Digimon on Adult Swim. We just were not, that was not our thing. Like I knew of it. I, I knew of it. <laughs> no, that wasn't, I guess it once like 2004 hit or whatever, whenever <laughs> like that was, nobody really thought about it anymore. So I'm going to ask a personal question because we're talking about people bullying kids, people bullying kids about what you want to do when you're younger. Did you ever fight any mental health issues dealing with that? Like depression or being yeah, um, down on yourself? Growing up, I now looking back, I could probably say yes, because I wasn't the best in school. Like school was always hard for me, like because I was so such a creative. I could just not grasp like like history and stuff I was I was good at but like math and like all the other you know like that kind of technical stuff I was not good at so I always struggled and it's just like and growing up when I was young it was I always thought that there was something wrong with me because everybody else in my class was you know honor roll you know blah 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 you know they're getting the greatest praises oh they're amazing and here I am in the principal's office almost every week with my mom about my grades or my behavior or blah, blah, blah. So I always felt like I was the odd person out and grow, like it probably was and me being an only child as well. Mm-hmm. There were probably were times where it was like, man, like I'm kind of worthless. <laughs> like I'm not like, I'm never going to be anything. And once I got to high school, it, it I wouldn't say it was worse, but I, it was more so like, I wasn't beating up myself. It was just, I knew what I wanted to do. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I'm not going to need any of this stuff to do what I want to do. Like, I'm not going to need trigonometry. I'm not going to need calculus. I'm not going to need algebra to do what I'm doing. I'm already doing it. I don't need. So it was almost like then it was like a rebellious stage because then it was just like, now I'm not going to do it because I know what I want to do. And, you know, I'm a teenager. You know, I was me and my mom. That was like our <laughs> that was like the worst part, I guess, not in our relationship, but just in terms of just, you know, that was when we were at our we were fighting almost all the time because, you know, she's like, you need to do your work blah 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 she can go to college and I'm just like but I want to do art because all this stuff doesn't matter <laughs> and but there were times definitely where depression hit to where it was just like because even then my friends were in AP classes I was in the slow class they mm-hmm. didn't have to go to summer school I had to go to summer school every single year for high school 
So, so what did you do to overcome that? Uh, that that's actually where uh, it's just where anime came in because anime was like the escape for me um, mm-hmm. because there were so many stories of, you know, slice of life stories, shonen stories of the underdog. That was like the one that was the outcast. That's the protagonist. The protagonist that ended up becoming what everybody loved in the end, no matter like what he went through. So that was like the most inspiring to me because it's like, yeah, he might have all of these faults just like me in real life, but he kept pushing forward. He kept doing, he kept working hard and now everybody looks up to him. Mm -hmm. So that was like the main reason. I think it definitely... It definitely helped. That and music definitely helped, like, keep me in, like, a mindset of, you know, I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep working hard. And and uh, now I'm here <laughs> somehow. <laughs> so you the oh, IRL of Naruto Uzumaki? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Tamika, if you don't, you don't know who Naruto is. <laughs> so Naruto, Naruto was like, he, well, he was the only child. His parents got killed when he was a, a baby. So he ended up having this the hard life because he had this demon put inside of him and everybody was scared of him. And so he had to face all of these adversities just so he can define and be himself. And nobody even wanted to hang out. He just wanted to be a regular kid and wanted to have a regular life. But he couldn't have that because society wouldn't allow him to have that. But towards the end, well, not even the end because the story's still going on. He ended up being the most inspirable person that you can have within the, the Hidden Leaf Village to where everybody looked up to him and he worked his butt off to show them that he was just as relevant as everybody else. And he wanted to be the biggest leader in the Hokage, which is the, I want to say the president of the Hidden Leaf Village. So he can inspire others around them that no matter what you're going through, that's why I love Naruto. No matter what you're going through, no matter who you are, no matter what your struggles are, you are great and you can still be great. I think once you find your calling and your passion and you tap into that, no matter what, industry it is, you kind of find the loopholes and you navigate. So as I'm listening to you um, from a parent perspective of two kids, a 10-year-old and a five-year-old, I definitely understand. I've been in education forever. So I I struggle with it. I know my husband definitely does. He's more of the old school sports guy. I'm more of we need reading and math because we have to pass this test. <laughs> but I'm I'm very aware that at the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, your GPA starts over. So I'm really big on talking through these things that we need to make sure that our daughter, who has a lot of challenges, who's very creative, you know, that we put her in the right environment. Mm-hmm. And so listening to your story sounds like you would, and I grew up single parent household with my mom and my dad, but that goes to show us that being in different environments and exposure, how it influences your decisions over the long haul. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm blessed enough to be able to say, hey, I'm going to put my kids in a private school and pay for it. And that's sometimes hard because other parents are like, oh, you think you're better than me? Mm-hmm. Or why do you feel like your child need to go to a private school? We grew up in public. Oh, public is not good enough. No, my daughter has some challenges. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the public, that the private school totally gets an understanding speak to her. And I feel like she gets to be her authentic self mm-hmm. in that space. And I feel like enough. So this is for the parents that's listening. Stop judging your kids based off other people's kids. You know, allow right. your kids to really 
grow and find out what's really influencing their decision, their choices, why they are the way they are. We can learn a lot from Chris on really not trying to pressure them into what we think society wants for our kids and really kind of look at how can we develop their talents and their skills so that they can be their best self. And that's what I aspire to do with my kids and other young people that I motivate and that I inspire. So you are an inspiration. Don't ever forget. Thank you. So what brought on the comic book? Well, the, not the comic book, the manga. It's not a comic book. Um, <laughs> I was, okay. So it's actually it's kind of cool. So in, in high school, I was working on, it was my very first story. I was just like, you know, I think I have, you know, I was, how old was I? Maybe 16, 17. I was like, you know, I think I've read enough manga and read enough, was watching enough anime to like make my own story. So, and I started out with my first story, which was called Future of Love. And it was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was, uh, it was basically a ripoff of Sword Art Online. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes. Um, okay. So it was a ripoff of SAO, but it was just, it was so bad. The plot was terrible. The character design was terrible. Um, ended up being, I ended up drawing 195 pages. So like I had like wow. a whole, yeah, it was a lot. And like all of my friends were in it, like it was involved. Like they were like all reading the different chapters and like, oh, it's me. Like, so it was cool um, in that sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was going into college. So I started that story in um, 2015, 16. And mm-hmm. I was going into college with it. So 2000, uh, what you call it? I started in 2000. 17. So I, I went in 2017, 2018, something around there. I went into college with it and uh, I was still working on it. And I was just like, so I was like, man, I feel like I could do better. Like, I feel like this story, either I could go and change everything or start fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even my friends were like, you kind of do this a lot. You'll get really invested in something. And then you're like, all of a sudden get bored and you want to do something else. Um, and I was just like, I don't know. I was like, something's telling me that I could do something better. So I was, uh, I was in my room in my, in, in my apartment and I was just thinking up of ideas. I couldn't come up with anything because I was like, I feel like everything's already been done. Like the a main hero wants to be something. So that's the goal for the entire story. I feel like that's already been done so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking uh, and then I think at some point, like I called Uncle Brunson um, just to say, hey, and just to talk to him. And uh, I talked to him what was going on. I was like, I'm trying to think of a story and blah, blah, blah. And then we started talking about biblical stuff and he was talking about Revelation. And then it just like a light bulb went off. And I was just like, I was just like, no, that, that's never been done before. Like no one's ever made a story based on the apocalyptic last book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that could be like really, really good if I work on it. So I had that basic idea. And then I went to talk to my professor at the time. I'm pretty sure his name was Keith. And um, I'm pretty sure Keith is not a believer. I think he's, I, so I want to get his opinion from an outside source that isn't a, you know, a Christian to mm-hmm. see like, hey, this is the story that I, I come up with from just a person that's not a Christian. How would you, how would you like, you know, view this and like blah, 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 blah. Cause my goal was to make the story to where people that were Christians could watch it, enjoy it and pick out and be like, that's from the Bible. That's from the Bible. And they'd be cool. But also people that weren't Christians could just watch it and be like, this is just a good story and it's not preachy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been my ultimate goal of the entire story. Like, I want to make sure everybody can watch it without feeling like it's being the religions being pushed on them because, you know, that no one likes that. <laughs> no one likes just people no. pushing religion on them. No one. Um, so and, and, you know, I started working on the character designs in that class with him. I started coming up with concepts, blah, 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 blah. And um, the stories changed, I think, two times before I officially started on the first book. 
but then I started on the first book in college. It was 2018, middle of 2018 when I started working on it. And then by May of 2019 is when I published the first book. You got a question for that, Samika? Yes, I do. Go ahead. Before we we go, or I know we're not wrapping up yet, but I just want you to tell people that are listening, how can they contact you? How can they get your information? How can they purchase your um, book? And so just give us a little bit of where we can find you. So I'm mainly, my main, I guess, uh, platform that I'm on is Instagram right now. It is, um, it's spelled the same way as my name is Chris Burns, but the way you, it's a C-H-R instead of an I, it's an X. S dot B U R N S. So it's Chris dot Burns, but the I is an X. That's my, I try to make that my handle everywhere. So that way everybody can find me. Um, but that's where you can find all my art posts. I normally post videos. I have a live stream on YouTube that I do every Friday to help other artists, you know, learn techniques um, and just kind of chill with me while I work on my stuff. And then um, if you want to purchase the book, if you go to Google and just type in Chikara Power of God, it'll pop up everywhere, but I'm on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and type in the book name, then you know you can find the paperbacks, the ebooks, everything that I've put out so far. Tell the title of the book so we can make sure that we're able to capture it. So it's uh, Chikara, which is C H I K A R A, and then Power of God. Awesome! Thank you so much. <laughs> so, how was the process of once you got the concept down, you got the pages together, you got your story together? What was that process like of actually getting a book together to get ready to publish it? And then what made you get over into Amazon? Did you look for any other publishers to pick it up or you decided, you know what, I'm just going to do this on my own? So at first, so um, the main pro- like the main process when I had all the pages together, because um, even at that time, like self-publishing, uh, it was there, but it, I don't think it was as like popular even as it is now. Like back in 2018, like it was still like, you either had to know what company to go with Mm-hmm. Or like you didn't know anything at all. Um, so when I started getting all the pages together, because at first I was like, should I pitch to a company? And, and being a manga and not a traditional comic, that already limits me because a lot of American comic companies probably would not pick it up because, you know, it's not fully colored. It's not, you know, American. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like something that an American could look at and be like, I relate to this. Um, and I was like, well, should I send it over to a Japanese company like Shonen Jump or, you know, like any other publishing company in Japan? And I was just like, well, I'm at a disadvantage because I'm a foreigner. And at the time, my art was not, at least what I thought, my art was not good enough because they, in Japan, they pride themselves on obviously the art. And, the, and they've told, and if you look at other manga artist stories from Japan, they've said that like, I had to go through for like a year to two years and just get better at my art style before they even let me like pitch it to someone because if they open up the thing and like your art's not good, he said they'll shut it in your face and be like, no, your art's trash. Like you gotta go back. And they're really harsh. They're really harsh on people over there for that. Um, but from that, once I had all the pages together and I was just like, okay, do I want to self-publish? Do I want a publishing company? Um, mm-hmm. At the time I had no idea like what to even do. Like I was just like, I was brand new. I was like, I had no idea. Like there's publishing companies out, like I mentioned earlier, I was like, there's Saturday AM. Um, at the time, they're like the leading America. They're basically the Shonen Jump of America right now. They're the up and coming uh, manga uh, company, and they pride themselves on diversity on how like what comics they have in their in their magazine. Mm-hmm. So there was Saturday AM, but other than that, there was no one else in America that was really touching into that manga field. Um, so I was like, I don't know if I should pitch it to them. Um, I think at one point they had an opening up, and I might have. I don't remember if I did or not at that time. But uh, eventually I was just like, you know, I feel like I could, at least for now, self-publish to get, you know, the brand together, 
get some fan base going and, you know, just put it out there, just put it out there and see what'll happen. And at first, uh, the first company that I went with was Lulu.com. They mm -hmm. are official publishing, self-publishing service where you can, you know, you get all your files together, you upload them, you know, they'll put them all together and you can uh, upload your cover photo, all that stuff and get it together. And I'm pretty sure I have like the original somewhere. It's somewhere around here from uh, them. And, uh, and it came out good. It came out uh, really, really good. And, um, you know, obviously yeah, you saw the original first mm -hmm. book um, from uh, whenever that was. I, you know, sent to family, friends and everyone was just like, yo, this story is like, you know, really good. And I was just like, okay. So um, that worked on book two. Then I released book two in August of, was it 2020? It yep. was August of 2020. Book two came out sent that out and that was a lot more well was received i had more of a fan base you know friends family but also other people i have some fans i in the uk there's somebody in norway <laughs> that like like keeps up with my stuff so it's like um and a couple of people in japan too so it's like becoming more like i'm getting more people from around the world to really see like what i'm doing mm -hmm. since then uh and then i was doing okay so i was doing lulu and uh, once COVID hit uh, because Lulu's run, they have FedEx. FedEx is their main distributor. Mm -hmm. When COVID hit, I don't know what happened, but FedEx tanked. <laughs> FedEx, people were saying it took two weeks to get my book. And like some people said like a month. And I was just like, what? I was just like, this is this can't be happening because I don't want it to be a hindrance for someone to want to buy my stuff and they're waiting that long mm -hmm. to get it. So I was just like, well, who else is doing self-publishing? And I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere else like, Amazon self-publishing yep. and i was just like let me look into amazon so i looked into amazon and i was just like okay this looks the same as lulu but then you know obviously they're run by their own thing you know amazon prime and i was just like all right let me i at first i had them on both platforms and i was just like and more people were buying on amazon than lulu for obvious reasons mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um eventually because it's still on lulu but lulu it's not in my uh, link anymore my link tree i just took it off it's just like if I want people to buy it, I want people to go straight to Amazon because it's right. as fast, it's easy, and they have ebook options as well. Lulu doesn't have ebooks; they only have paperbacks. So once I got to Amazon, then I was just like, you know, that's where I need to be, and uh, that's where that's where I am now. Currently, I'm still self-publishing on Amazon. So what is their process like getting published on Amazon? Is it extensive? No, no, not at all. You get all your files together. Um, they have their you know page layout and everything. You upload everything. Um, they tell you to review everything you go through each page and make sure it's sized right. You know, everything looks good. Um, and then uh, you upload the cover photo. And then uh, by then you hit review, your name, the title, all that stuff. And then you hit, you know, publish and they'll send you a proof copy, you know, to look at it. And then once you've approved the proof copy, then it's able to be distributed and uh, it's good to go. Yeah, I asked that question so people can understand that you're not tied down to a system to where you have to go hunt down somebody else to publish your stuff. You can go and do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to go out there and do your own self-publishing stuff to where you can make money off of a book that you, if you want to write a book, it don't have to necessarily be a manga. Even if you're a writer, you can mm -hmm. write it and publish your own book. You're not tied down to the traditional means of doing things. So you mm -hmm. can still make your own content and then publish it out like you want to. Exactly. And when, when you do that, I mean, the hardest part is honestly just branding yourself in general. Mm -hmm. That's honestly, because you have the story, you got to draw, you got to write it. Like, but like, but the hardest part literally is branding yourself because if you don't have a solid like brand, like a, like a look, people are going to be like, you know, that doesn't really look good or, you know, I'm not going to be into it. Um, and that was hard for me. That's why I went to design school and I'm glad I did because they taught me like a lot of the teachers that I had, the professors, since I was going in with this story, 
they helped me brand like the story, like the characters, the colors and all that stuff. That way I look, you know, even though I'm not like super duper famous yet, like people look at my stuff and they can, they think it's already popular and trending. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very grateful to them because before, like if you saw some of the concept colors and sketches, it was all over the place. It was terrible. (laughs) It was absolutely terrible. But yes, you, you can definitely publish yourself. It's definitely, uh, and, 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 and now with COVID being such a, weird thing in our society it's kind of uh everybody's for the most part a lot still online so Mm -hmm. ebooks are popular you know online stuff is popular people can read it on their phone they're gonna go for it before covid i was supposed to go to momocon in may and have a booth and everything set up um because that's also another avenue like if you're especially if you're in a manga and comics you know going to comic cons and if you have a booth set up that's the place to be because if people if you can get people to come to your booth and you pitch your idea and it's like I said, well branded, you know, solid, like, you know, people will buy it. And, you know, you can get a lot of eyes on your stuff at going to Comic Cons and stuff. So, Tamika, you got a question before I go, on, go into it? Because I'm about to get into small business. So you got a question? Because I, I see it in your face. Uh, no, I'm going to let you go into small business, which is my passion. And then we'll, I'll go from there. So far, so and good. I'm engaged. This that's why I want to go into it. Because we, we, we always so we'll talk. we go into small business. <laughs> Yes, we talk about and- small business all the time. So, and you just talked about brand management. How did you end up finding and then deciding this is what I want for my comic book and for pretty much your company because you are your brand mm-hmm. for your company. How did you come up with your concept and settle on this is the platform, this is what I love and this is what I'm going to push? Um, let's see. Well, it was it all stems back to I guess being diverse and having mm-hmm. diversity because go- coming in design school as soon as I hit, once I transferred from animation to digital art and design, the first thing they instill is, you know, obviously you have to be well-branded, you have to know design, you have to know the fundamentals, blah, 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 blah. But they gear, at least at Full sale. that's where I went to college, they gear the designers to be able to go to these other companies, like, you know, um, for example, let's say Nike, let's say Nike or Adidas, they're, they're gearing you to go towards those companies so that way you can get into their algorithm and design for them. They, they very, they very, at least when I was there, they very rarely pushed, you know, they did push freelance, but they didn't push it like enough to where it's like, you should also aim to, you know, have your own company. Like mm-hmm. it was more so they're gearing you to go work for someone else. Um, and then eventually, you know, maybe do your own thing. So doing that process of like figuring out, cause I was doing my manga obviously during the time I was in school and I was just like, like, you know, man, like I feel like I could be like, this could be like a, totally different platform if you like use it the right way and of course like you know me being in the anime and manga I was already kind of diverse in that sense but I was like you know man like I could intertwine like my manga with my design as a designer and put them both together hence my you know my uh slogan being bringing cultures together through comics even though what I do is a mixture of you know manga comics animation graphic design I do like a bunch mm-hmm. and I wanted to be able to pretty much go anywhere as a freelancer or as my own company and be well received by any culture, not just, you know, American culture or Asian culture. Um, And so far that's been like, it's been a blessing being able to do what I do and talk to these different people from around the world and just work on stuff because then they see that he's not just geared towards, you know, I don't want to say like American branding, but in terms of just like, I guess that like, 
the type of design. Like I, I pride myself on being able to do research and do designs for like any culture, whether it's, you know, Brazilian, African, uh, Asian, you know, American, like anything. Um, and so I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. And see, what it does is what you see the whole your whole conversation before we even get into the end of the show is you built a entire platform. I don't know if you even realize that from the time that you was a kid to what you wanted to do, you tested things out, tested the market out to realize, OK, I need to do something a little bit better. And you changed it. So it's always free flowing. It's, it's, it's fluid. And then you finally decided on this is what I'm going to go with. You got some education behind you, because like I always say, you need education. Mm-hmm. I don't care what nobody says. Higher education is not meant for you to go to school to get a degree. It's meant for you to establish a, a, a foundation upon what you want to build on for your own personal future. Mm-hmm. That is what it's supposed to be about. This whole notion of I'm going to get a degree so I can go work somewhere. Screw that trash. No, it is about you going to get a foundation. No, it is a foundation <laughs> <laughs> for what Everyone you want to build upon. Everyone is not meant to be an entrepreneur. No, still. Even Everybody's if you, not meant to be an entrepreneur. No, no, it's not even being an entrepreneur. I'm talking about if you want to work for a company still. You need uh, if you if you have a talent or a passion about doing something, yeah, you, you need still education. need a you need foundation to build you your house on. It. I agree. So you have to have that. So you you decided on that. School helped you to as the, the ideas that you had on your mind melding to really end into something more structured, put into place. And you had steps put into place to get you along to the next step. And that is what small business is about. You did your research on how you want to publish your manga, your novel. You decided on your your animation style and how you want to get that set up. You put everything. You put a pretty much pretty much put a business plan together from the mm-hmm. time you was a kid all the way up until now to have a successful business. Because no matter how big you see yourself, others see you as big because they have not achieved the step that you have. Right. So you are big and you are great. I don't care how many books you have not sold. You have the potential to sell more because you've already put plans in place for you to be successful. So that is what we try to talk about on our program and how we aspire to youth, especially minorities, and how you can do things to brand yourself because you are always your personal brand. And you can be successful just as well as these corporations because they did the same thing you did. Matter of fact, they hired people like you to come in and help them on their platform to be successful. That's what I want to say. I want to challenge you to think about hiring someone and developing yourself as not just a freelance artist or just you being the only person, take that same concept and think about, yes, I am doing this even at 22, but building a company and building a brand so that you can become an entrepreneur, a global entrepreneur, which is what you already are. But also think about how you can employ, train and teach someone else who's coming along that may not be able to go to a full sale university, which is a very expensive school out of state. (laughs) Great for what you've learned, but think about, always think about how you can reach back and now you can train someone else who is looking for that opportunity. Maybe they are in college and they need someone like you to say, hey, you can do this, you know? So think about um, you getting an employee maybe or an intern, someone that you can maybe offset some of the things that you're not able to do or that you can focus your attention onto something else by allowing someone else to help you out or to develop that skill. And that's where sometimes as minorities, that's where our business stops to where we're not able to develop enough other people in that same skill set and that same talent pool to where we can grow our company 
into multi-million dollar companies. That's why we do end up going to work for other people. And it is nothing wrong with that, but no. it is great to always aspire to have your own um, mm -hmm. and to really understand what it takes to have your own. And it, is, it can be an expensive thing. Um, it takes money to make money. So all yep. of those things. Um, and I wanted to mention, you talked about being able to go to shows and I'm in the middle of that for my industry. The beauty shows are huge, right? You go to Runner Brothers, you go to Premiere. I'm used to being there every year. Last year was probably like the first year ever I didn't go to a hair show in the last 20 something years of my career. So guess what? I'm having to rebrand, retool. I have a photo shoot on Saturday because now with the virtual platform, so I wanted to tell you that, create your own event. Now you can create your own event, put it on Eventbrite and invite people to join you to sell and to showcase. So that's the information that I want to leave you with is to think about how with everyone being virtual now, you don't have to travel. You're mm -hmm. not spending as much money. You can buy more books or sell more books. You can connect with people around the world, around the globe. So that would be what I would want to leave you with is to set up your own event, have people come and talk to you, maybe a one-on-one -on -one with Chris and just continue to develop your brand. So congratulations and wishing you much success in the future. <laughs> Thank you. So before we leave, top five anime. Top five? Okay. Yours. My, number, my number one ever has to be Naruto, just because that's where it all began. Um, second, Attack on Titan. I, I don't know if you're caught up on Attack on Titan right no, now. No, and don't do not tell me about a new season. Okay. I it's have crazy. not. <laughs> I'm, caught up, I'm caught up on the manga, but also the anime. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's so good. So Attack on Titan. Third is My Hero Academia. Mm -hmm. Love My Hero. Um, me and my mom are almost caught up. Like, I've, I'm caught up. I'm trying to catch her up on season four. Um, so um, My Hero Academia uh, was at three, so four would probably be Tokyo Ghoul. A lot of people don't like it because of the huh? anime. Yeah, but like the second season, people didn't like the second season because apparently it skipped a lot in the manga or whatever. Um, I liked it. And then, so number five, um, I'd say number five would have to be Haikyuu just because I love volleyball. So <laughs> I gotta I gotta give it a Haikyuu. So tell us why we should um, learn more about this platform, become more familiar. Someone like me who has no clue, familiar because I'm smart, I am. I'm a nerd, I love to read <laughs> and learn new things. So tell someone who doesn't have a clue why they should learn a little bit more about anime and the things that you're doing. Um, I definitely can say that Kind of looking at it from just an outside perspective and people are just like, that looks weird because there are some weird, <laughs> there's some weird anime out there. I'm not going to lie. There's some, I even I'll be like, that's, that's weird. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But there now is more, it, now is probably the best time to get involved with um, anime and manga because it's becoming, it's becoming more and more diverse. Three, five years ago, the manga and anime is predominantly obviously Asian culture. They're, they're drawing characters to look, white because they're catering to western audiences so most of the characters you see even if they are quote unquote japanese they look white but now more anime like adaptations of manga and manga creators are incorporating more and more characters from different cultures they're drawing black characters now like my hero has i think like a few black characters naruto has a whole village of black people fire like, force <laughs> fire force yes fire force has <laughs> the, uh, the black character so there's they're corp they're now realizing that Okay, and it could be uh, the, the thing like they're seeing in the Western culture that, you know, black people are getting more involved into it. So it could just be a business thing. But I think some of the creators have have been interviewed and said, like, you know, 
like they've been interviewed like why are you adding like black characters and stuff and they're just like because that's how the world is like the world isn't just asian people and it's not just white people like they one the creator um my hero i'm pretty sure either it was my hero or it was uh um who was it it was either my hero it wasn't creator one piece i'm pretty sure it was my hero um kohei said that like i don't know why we haven't been doing this like i don't know like why why this is such a like a taboo thing for us to do in japan it's like draw black people in because even in japan when i was there there were black people there like there's not a lot but there are black people in japan like it's not just like mm-hmm. an abnormal like oh my gosh there's a black person like they're there like i don't understand like why why that's such a taboo thing but even he said he's like you know he encouraged people like you know be more diverse and it's taking time to see it but it's definitely it's definitely here so if you get into manga and anime don't go in thinking that oh this is just like them catering to white people or oh this is only for asian people because it's not because they're now incorporating our culture as well into their stuff and giving an avenue for black people to be like hey that character looks like me because so far it hasn't been you know we've been looking at all Mm -hmm. these other characters like i like you know that doesn't look like me i might relate to the personality or the lifestyle but physically it doesn't look like me so you know when you're watching the anime and all of a sudden like a black character comes in and he looks cool you're just like oh snap like like we're right. like that's cool. And like, that's why I want more people. That's the reason why you should get into animation and design so we can create more characters that look like because we were saying the same thing about Marvel in the comic mm-hmm. books. It wasn't a lot of black characters and the black characters that were created, like Black Panther, wasn't mm-hmm. created by a black guy, it was created by mm-hmm. a white guy. And so, like going forward, that's why we need more black artists to create, be like you, create more manga and more comic books geared upon our culture. Cause I mean, it. I do like seeing stuff like that, like Fire Force. So Fire Force is one of my top five. I love Fire. It's one of my top five of the new animes and stuff. Cause I don't want to go into all the old school. So you just got mm-hmm. Fire Force. You have uh, Demon Slayer. Yeah, you didn't even say Demon Slayer. So it's Fire I know, Force. I liked it. I'm just waiting for the second season. Because <laughs> the, the movie and everything. I'm just like one second. Generation thing. He's 22. You're 40. <laughs> your 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 mind is on. Demon Slayer is new. <laughs> Demon Slayer is brand new. So it's Demon, Demon Slayer. Slayer. You got uh, Fire Force. You got Tower of God. Tower of God. Like I said, the manga is great. The anime is great. Of course, Tack on Titan. If you leave a Tack on Titan now, you trash. Uh, <laughs> I remember Naruto, Naruto, all the way up to Naruto Shippuden, Naruto, Naruto, Kenya, whatever. I don't care yeah. about his his magic eye and stuff that's coming out. I don't care about that. <laughs> and then you have one of my classics is Ninja Scroll. Ninja and then you have, uh, yeah, you didn't see Ninja Scroll? Mm-mm. Oh my God. And then Hunter Hunter. Hunter Hunter oh, no, is old like school and oh. it has black characters in there. And no. it incorporates some of the black culture into some of the Asian designs that's in there as well. You like Hunter Hunter? I couldn't get into Hunter X Hunter or Full Metal Alchemist. Those were like my two. No, that I, not I, even Bloodline. I could not get into. Oh, Chris, it, it was man, just one of those trash. things. Where I, it was just one of those things. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so yeah, in terms of diversity, definitely. Um, that's I pride myself on my story because I have a character. The the uh, main character, he's uh, Asian American. The second lead, she her name is Diaz. She's Venezuelan. I have black characters in there based from you know my mom, my dad. Like I have characters from uh, Mexico in there. Like I, I try to incorporate, or my goal is to try and incorporate everybody. So if it indeed comes an anime adaptation, like people can watch it and be like and clearly see that that is a Hispanic character and not just an Asian looking character that is quote unquote Hispanic. 
Like I want them to physically see, like I, I just introduced actually an Indian character in my past chapter, um, his name's Raheem. So it's just like, I want to introduce like different cultures. Raheem Black, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Raheem Black. <laughs> I don't care what you say. I don't care what you make him. Raheem is black and he light skin. I don't want to hear it. Wait, why you gotta be light skin? <laughs> Raheem is black and he like you. You're Raheem. <laughs> I'm just playing. Where can, uh... That's the fun about our show, right? We love to make you laugh and inspire you <laughs> and um, keep it fun. But that is so awesome and amazing to hear. You know, that we're being included and that we're being thought about. Mm -hmm. And then it's always great to be intentional. Mm -hmm. So I want you to tell everybody again where they can reach you at. And then I want you to say that slogan because you only said that slogan one time and the slogan was good. So where can people reach you again? And where's the slogan? And then, like we always end our show, we got to, I told you a word of encouragement because Mm -hmm. I want you as a you to inspire others as well too. Um, so you can find me again is uh, is my main platform is Instagram. If you go to Instagram, that has my has my link tree has everything you can find me like other podcasts, my YouTube, TikTok, all that stuff. But it's uh, Chris Burns and the eyes in an X. So it's an I like so C H R X S dot B U R and in S. So it's Chris Burns. If you look on Instagram, that's where you can find all my stuff. Um, my brand my brand slogan for like what I promote for everything is bringing cultures together through comics. That's my my motto when people see that i want them to think of me um and in terms of encouragement my main encouragement that i try to give to anybody whether it's you know art music or whatever is to pretty much just keep just keep at it because i've I've seen a lot where people get discouraged because and, and i've gone through it too to where you'll see somebody that's doing what you're doing and they're better and you're like, you know, I never, I'm never going to be that good. Like that's the first thing, and especially if you're creative, we, we're our number one uh, critique because we always critique ourselves. We're always like, man, like I feel like I could be better, or like this is terrible. Even though people might be like, this is amazing. You know, you might be thinking to yourself, like, nah, it's not that good. Like this, so and so does it better. Um, and that's something I have to struggle with. Like, you know, I love making comics and manga, but you know, reading My Hero Academia, Naruto, Attack on Titan, they're they're they're, they're what push me because their art is still on such a higher level. And I'm just like, oh, like if I could only figure out how to do like what they can do, but that that gives inspiration to me instead of putting me down. But it used to put me down because I used to be like, man, I'll never be you know as good enough as like them. So definitely keep striving, keep doing whatever whatever it is you do. Just keep doing it. No matter if anybody, if it's your passion and you feel like that's what you know, you or if you're religious, if that's what God is telling you to do, do not, do not let anybody else, whether it's your friends, family, or the world tell you not to do it because they might just be telling you not to do it because they already know you're going to succeed at it. So they're just trying to get you not to do it so you can just be another average Joe like them because they're not doing anything. <laughs> that's my word for you. It sounds terrible. It sounds mean. But... No, it does not. No, <laughs> no, it don't. No. That's the real world. Yes, <laughs> yes. it is. No. And it's, I've had to experience it and I've, thankfully not a lot, but of just people just being, especially in the art community, just being so just mean and hateful to other artists because it's just like, you know, you're doing what they want to do, but they're not to that level yet. And it's like, you should be like inspired and encouraged. And even people from just my past, like elementary school and stuff, the same people that me and Tony are talking about that picked on me for anime, blah, 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 said, you're a nerd. You're never going to be anything. People in high school that told me that you're never, because my GPA was low. I was like the kid that was the not going to be anything kid. You look at him, you're like, oh, he's not going to be anything. People were telling me like, you're not going to, you're not going to have your own series. Art's a waste of time. You're going to be starving artists. You're never going to make it to Japan. And then like all three of those things happened back to back to back after I went to college, got my book published, went to Japan. And now those same people 
are trying to hit me back up to try to hey let's hang out let's connect no i'm no. available nope <laughs> so, nope not available sorry like because you're working at wherever like burger king i'm so like you can work at burger king i'm not saying don't work at burger king but just because your life isn't where you want it to be and now you look at me and you're trying and it's it, and see, there um, it hasn't been any dudes. It's always been these girls that I used to have a crush on, <laughs> and like they didn't have any. They want anything to do with me back then. And now all of a sudden, that you know, I, I'm not like the richest guy, but like I'm doing stuff. Mm-mm. Now all of a sudden, I'm. Mm-mm. No, we don't do that. No, you are. Yeah, you are the richest guy. That's rich. why they're reaching out to you. Yes, they're reaching out to you yes. because they see, oh, nerd Chris. Nerds always win. That's what I say. Yes. <laughs> They're like, oh, yes. that's Chris. Chris all of a sudden looking good. Right. Chris is on TV. Right. Chris, Chris got his own show. Because we gotta break Raheem. away from that. Forget Raheem. I like Chris. Because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can't. That's the thing. We always. So we gotta break that culture. We can't always yes. richness to dollars. You're yes. rich in knowledge. You're rich in experience. You're rich in being the in expert business. that you are and your business to push forward and your tenacity mm-hmm. to be successful. And with all that, the universe and God is going to bless you with the money on the back end of it. So mm-hmm. yes, you are rich. You are very rich. So go ahead to me. We're going we gonna to leave it off. We're going to you before I get to my uh, my thing. That's some, that's some, that's some good stuff. Power. Come on, Chris. We're going to welcome Chris yes. coming back, you guys, for another <laughs> show. We're going to talk about something totally different, but we definitely will have Chris Barnes Burns back on the show. So as you know, I am Tamika Day. Success is my superpower. And one thing that led me into my motivational thought is something that Chris said, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. So be yourself, show up, be intentional, and let the universe and God move you into the areas that you need to be in. Once again, I'm Tamika Day. Hashtag success is my superpower. Hashtag more than a stylist. And thank you for joining. Yeah, see, I need me a slogan. See, everybody got slogans. <laughs> I don't have me a slogan yet. <laughs> your game, you gotta get your game on. Get your game. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's I... In the Matrix, you do have one. <laughs> that is not my slogan. I mean, I can make one. Off. Well, you know what? I can make one off of that. Yes, I'm gonna make one off of that. <laughs> But uh, no, I'm, I'm glad I had Chris on today. It was very inspiring. And that's the whole goal that I want to achieve with bringing him on is just to encourage people that you don't have to have this cookie cutter life that people have envisioned upon you that you can work toward. One thing I say, girl, work towards your dreams as long as your dreams are not hurting anybody else. So if people want to deter you from doing what you feel passionate about doing and just because they can't envision what you want to do, they're, they're, your vision is not meant for everybody to see because they have their own things that they should be working towards. Your vision is for what God is giving, the universe is giving you, for you to put succeed in your own life. And so once you work towards your own personal goals and you build out the world that you have set forth to build out, only then will people see the vision you put into place and like what's happening, they're gonna wanna come try to walk and knock on your door when it was dissing you early on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So aspire to live and be your greatest. And like I always say, take your three L's, you'll live, love, and laugh because that's something we should aspire to do every day. And what I'm going to leave everybody with is a goal with no plan is called a delusion. You need a plan in order to achieve your goal. And that's from Kai Chisaki, aka Mr. Overhaul from My Hero Academia. I, 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 we, just, we just hit that arc yesterday. And I, was, I sound a little familiar. That, that show is one of the, and the manga is one of the greatest things, one of, because there's a lot that's, that was written and that has been produced. 
And there again, a goal with no plan is called a delusion because you can have a goal, but if you don't have a plan put, like Chris had a plan that he's been working towards and put into place. So if you don't have that, then you don't have nothing. You have to always prepare, prepare, learn, and execute on all that you need to do to be successful in life. No matter if you want to go to continue education or not, you always have to learn on how to build upon your platform and to create your own brand. Your own brand, not bland. <laughs> so I, again, am Antonio Hicks, Mr. Escape in the Matrix. You can find me on PTG, myself, and Tamika, ptgtv.online. Thank you all for always tuning in. Love you. And remember, like Tamika says, success is your superpower. Take those three L's. Live, love, and laugh. Peace out. Happy podcasting. Yeah, happy podcasting. <laughs> <laughs>